I am here with uh, Vienna Farron, and uh, welcome. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Uh, we're going to talk, first of all, uh, in uh, the spirit of transparency, this is a paid advertisement by uh, Simple Practice. One of the reasons uh, I wanted to, to do this uh, paid mini episode is I think it's a really important product and I think it fits well with the with the podcast. And so we're going to talk about therapist burnout. We'll get later to what simple practice does. But first, I want to know your story, uh, especially with uh, burnout. And you're a practicing therapist in New York City. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, talk about uh, your experience. Well, grateful that it's not something that I come face to face with that much anymore, but I'll speak to the earlier years. Um, and oh my gosh, when I first started as a clinician, so I've been a, a practicing therapist now for over 15 years. And when I first started out as a therapist after grad school, I was working six jobs and I was work. What? I know. I know I was working six jobs and I was working like at least two every single day, seven days a week. And not all of it was in the field of mental health. Some of it was coaching lacrosse. I was a, a server at a restaurant. I was a substitute teacher at my old high school, right? I was like juggling all of these things, but it's like, I am committed to this field of mental health <laughs> and I'm not going to take out any debt to be committed to this field of mental health. So I did all of these other things and I was constantly working and constantly outputting and couldn't ask anybody for help because I held the story that, you know, no one could do it as well as I could, or I couldn't trust other people to do it the way that I would do it, et cetera, et cetera. And so I, I mean, listen, I was in my early twenties at the time. So there was definitely a little extra gas in there than there is today, but I was, <clears throat> I was exhausted. Um, and yeah, I didn't really know how to ask for help. Um, there's a lot of messages around success. There's a lot of messages around money and money as safety and money as security. And if we had time to go back into my family of origin and how I grew up and all of the wounding that I experienced along the way. I imagine there were some control issues. Yeah, so much, right? And, you know, I, I felt very alone in the space for a long time. And I remember early on, I questioned whether or not I could stay in the field. Um, it's a slow start for a, a new therapist in the field, um, especially if you're working in a practice. Uh, you maybe get a client here and there, and maybe that client shows up where they don't show up, right? I, I was commuting in from New Jersey into the city when I had clients and I would take, I would pay my 1750 round trip ticket at the time um, and get a Starbucks and then get to the office for my one client who wouldn't show up. And so I wouldn't get paid. And then I'd make my way back. And I just remember being like, oh my God, like this is exhausting and I can't do this. And I'm like, I'm losing money working in this field. And yeah. And so I, I did, I came, came face to face with burnout pretty quickly. And, you know, that story is also different than the, I'm seeing so many clients and I can't keep up and there's so much paperwork and there's so many things for me to handle, which was another chapter in my life as well. But I just remember early on working so 
hard, working so much, so much output and not really feeling the reciprocity of the role and the work. Uh, and then of course, later, you know, actually getting to a place where my practice was thriving, but I also had a lot of resistance to bringing on help. Um, and yeah, just like utilizing people who are exceptional at their roles in order for me to free up some time, space, energy. Uh, I think a lot of therapists can have a struggle with the care, the over caretaking, the over functioning, the over giving the, you know, we can make everything make sense, right? With context, it all makes sense. And, you know, we have so much compassion and care for the people that we work with that a lot of times it's easy to start entering into a space of boundarylessness with ourselves. And so it comes at the expense of ourselves instead of, you know, the other people around us. And there's a beautiful part of that, of course, but we have to be so careful of where the line is. And I think so many of us wind up teetering and kind of flopping into the other side where we are overgiving and overfunctioning and allowing things that make it so that we either get to a place of burnout pretty quickly or certainly get to a place where we're feeling resentful of you know what the work is or you know how the relationship is playing out with with clients even isn't it interesting how we picture ourselves in a prison without a key and the key is right there on the table and we're like oh, why do i have to be locked up in prison yeah we'll it's so like, true but that's it right it's you. like we you know as much as we want to say hopefully there's a lot of therapists who have done incredible work on themselves to resolve the things that were previously unresolved but then there's also that key right which is our irresolution which is why it's hard for us to ask for help why it is we overgive what you know the wounds that haven't been healed up until this point and we will find ourselves in those sticky places where we do feel trapped and we don't feel like there's a way out or we're prioritizing something else over our own mental health in these moments for, with our for clients. For instance, give me some specific examples of the things that you began to have to address because you were getting so burned out. Oh, well, okay. So I grew up in a family system where my, my dad was well enough off, right? Like maybe upper middle class. Um, and my mom was, was not, they went through a nine-year divorce process. My mom did not have any money at all. My dad did. Um, and I started to equate as a, a, as a very, as a tiny human in the world that money meant safety and, um, power and control. And there's a lot of layers to it. Right. I saw, um, a lot play out there between the two of them, but I felt like being without money, for example, was such a disempowered way of living. It felt really scary, really unsafe for me. Again, as a little girl growing up, watching these two people interact and move through, you know, their separation and divorce process. And I remember one point being like, oh my gosh, my relationship with money is such a survival, like, driven by the irresolution about my re relationship with it. I'm not making money and earning money and working all of these jobs because, oh, this is fun. And I love what <laughs> I'm doing, right? I was doing that because it was very closely tied to the story that I had that being without money would mean that I would be very unsafe in this world, not just financially, all of the ways, right? And so, you know, that's an example of just noticing, oh my gosh, I'm so committed to earning. I'm so committed to not taking on help or paying people to help me because to me that was like 
okay, $25 an hour for this out of my pocket when I didn't have very much at the time felt really destabilizing. And it was like, I can just stay up an extra two hours and do it myself, right? It's like, it didn't compute in my mind. It was very scary for me to let people into that space. And so it's so important for us as therapists to look at the stories that we hold, to look at the irresolution that we're still carrying with us that keeps us from setting a boundary, that keeps us from asking for help, that keeps us from utilizing things that are helpful, that make things more streamlined for us. I remember when I, at the beginning of the pandemic is when I started using simple practice. Actually, I was an old school, like I learned this in grad school, my manila folders, my pen and paper, this is how I track things. I remember even me, someone who, you know, I would still say I'm young, um, but at the time I'm like, ah, change, change felt hard. What do you mean I'm going to operate differently? This is the system that I know. And for me to actually move into a new way of doing things was a little confronting. And we have a lot of uh, clinicians, practitioners in the field who've been doing it one way for a long time, because this is how we know to do it. This is what comes easy to us. This is comfortable for us. And I think you know, speaking to simple practice, I think what they've done, you know, appropriately named, they have made the transition quite simple, quite straightforward, quite streamlined, quite intuitive so that, okay, this isn't as hard of a shift, right? To create some change in the way that I operate in the way that I work doesn't have to be so overwhelming and so hard for me to do. And so I really appreciate the clinical, um, the clerical side of this, because that takes up so much of our time as well. So it's an admin software in a in a kind of a general sense. Yeah, that's right. It's for practitioners and clinicians to, you know, all of the notes that we have to do, all of the invoices, the calendars, the um yeah, the processing of the receipts, right? It's everything is in one place and you can get all of it done with just a couple clicks of, you know, some of the buttons there and my entire practice there's uh 10 clinicians in the practice now and we all use it. And yeah, it's all very straightforward. And I think the beauty of it is, is that it, it does buy back hours in our day, many hours in our week. And those hours of rest or downtime or just connecting with your family or going outside and walking in nature, whatever it is you want to do with your time to gain that time back is priceless, right? It's like, you know, it's like, sure, this is what I know how to do. I've been doing it this way for so long. Okay. But there's one thing when you actually sit down and think what it is that you're trading all of that paperwork and admin for when I can get an extra hour a night with my son, that's incredible. If I can get an extra hour, just moving my body or going outside, that's worth it to me. And maybe there's a little bit of maturity and wisdom that's come along with that for sure. But I, I can't tell you how important it has been for me to earn back some of those hours. And, and I would imagine the alleviation of just the feeling of dread every day. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't know about other people, but there are things associated with my job that I absolutely love and they energize me. And then there are things that first thing I wake up in the morning, my stomach tightens into a knot at the (laughs) thought of having to do that for an hour. I can promise you paperwork is that for us, right? It's like, I'm going to let you in on a little secret. And if any therapist tells you that they've never done this, I think they're, they're lying to you. Sometimes every once in a while, we don't write the note right after the session. 
right? Because we're exhausted. We're tired. We just are going to, we're going to come back to it tomorrow. And maybe tomorrow comes around and we might come back to it the next day. And I'll let you in on this. People might say, no, 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 it doesn't happen to me. BS. It happens to all of us. Right. And there is something about that where it's like, oh, I just want to get back home or I just want to go upstairs. You know, so many of us are now working from home and seeing clients virtually. I just want to go be with my partner. I just want to go decompress. Right. And so I, I don't actually want to do this clerical work, this admin work, uh, that, you know, I know I need to do, but I want to choose something else. And there is something about the streamlining and the, like how quick it is to, uh, to get the things done. And I know, especially for people too, who are, who still travel into an office, for example, I used to have to sit in my office that extra hour and a half at the end of the day and write my notes. And with simple practice, you can do this anywhere anytime, right? So it's like, you could go home and you could actually do a little bit of work from home once kids are in bed or whatever it is that you have going on in life. And so, yeah, that, that piece, it's like, here's the dreaded part that, yeah, we don't want to, (laughs) most of us don't enjoy doing, but we know we have to do it. And simple practice, uh, is the most popular software for clinicians, uh, it is. I know it to be the number one rated most used. I think there's over 178,000 practitioners who are using the software. Um, and they did a they did a study recently. Um, I think that they had surveyed maybe about 550 clinicians asking very specific questions about burnout. And one of the things that they found out was that over half of therapists have experienced burnout this year alone. Currently, like as you and I speak right now, close to 30% of clinicians are burnt out right now. And I just, it like, it kind of breaks my heart that we have so many people questioning whether they can stay in this field. You know, the beauty of what's happening in our world right now is as we talk about mental health, as people open up more, as as there's more vulnerability and there's a space for people to share and you know, not feel as much shame or embarrassment when they talk about what's going on in their lives. The beauty of it is, is that people are asking for more help and more support. We love that. Um, the not so great part of it is that there aren't enough of us to go around. And one of the things that Simple Practice also found was that over 50% of clinicians reported that they were questioning whether or not they could stay in the field. And I think it was 57% of clinicians were saying that they would leave the field within five years. That That to me is one of the most devastating parts of the data that they found because we, the caregivers, right, are not appropriately supported, right? We're not given the care that we need. You know, this question of who's taking care of the caregivers is a really important question to be asking. And if we're not taking care of the caregivers well, right, what's going to happen is more and more of us are going to leave a field that doesn't feel supportive to us where there's too much for us to do in order to actually do the job that we actually want to do. Right? Nobody really wants to do the other stuff. We want to be in conversation with people we care about. We want to be able to dig in and move through the hard stuff with people. And when we have all of these other things that are taking our time and our energy, there's such a distraction away from the very important work. And we're hearing that people want to leave the field. That's, that's devastating to me truly. So that I remember reading that part of the the data and was really shocked by that particular number. 
I think it's surprising to people that aren't therapists that the admin stuff would be a big contributor because I, I think we only ever picture that they're becoming emotionally burnt out by talking to people about mm. their problems. You know, what's so interesting about you saying that is people ask me that like friends will ask me that question. Like, don't you get exhausted when you listen to people's problems you know, all day? And that's, that's the way that they would frame it. And for me, Absolutely not. I feel entirely restored in conversation with people. That part for me, I'll just speak for myself. That part for me is the best part of my day. I love being in conversation with my clients. I love my clients dearly. I've been with, with all of them for you know a very long time at this point. And our conversations are rejuvenating for me. They are an energy input, not an energy output. There's so much that happens in that space. It's all the other stuff that winds up being the, the heavy load on us. And I, you know, I, I imagine that for some folks out there, sure, being in conversation with um, certain, certain clients can be exhausting. Um, and it might be something that leads to burnout if they don't have the proper support and care for themselves. Um, you know, clients who are in crisis, for example. Uh, but, you know, I think for, for many people, the care for the work, right? Like that is actually what is so rewarding and fulfilling and gives us the energy to keep doing it. All the other stuff that detracts away from it. Uh, anything else you'd like to to share before we uh, wrap up? If people want to know more about simple practice, um, where where can they go to yeah. find more? Well, or sign up I, th or? I think the main thing that I would say here before we wrap up is <clears throat> their commitment to supporting the caregivers is huge, right? So one of the things that's happening in the month of October is that they are offering free CEUs, so continuing education courses for clinicians. And they've also um, created with therapists, uh, I think it's like three, five, seven minute uh, meditations that all of us can use, any practitioner clinician out there. We usually have like 10 to 15 minutes in between sessions. And so these little meditations that can just fit right in between the next client um, is a really helpful supportive way, but I would really encourage people to take advantage of the free CEU courses that are available that uh, Simple Practice is offering. And then maybe one last thing that I'd say, because I, I think for me, it's like, oh, great, we've just talked about all the problems, but what do we do with it? And so for me, a few quick tips would be to make sure that you are scheduling in non-screen time in your day, because so many of us transition to virtual and we see our clients that way. We're on screen all day constantly. So to make sure that you're getting non-screen time scheduled into your calendar feels so important. The second thing I'd say is create and honor your cancellation policy. What happens is if we budge because we're the overgivers and we understand, okay, there's a lot going on or there's financial stressor. And so I don't want to charge you for a missed session, right? Those are the things that build up resentment, get us to burn out if our time is not being honored. So make sure that you are honoring and creating creating that policy if you don't have it already. In the same vein, if you have people who cancel often, be strategic about where you place them on your calendar. Don't put them in the middle of the day. Put them oh, at the end of the day, idea. right? So that the day ends sooner, right? As opposed to feeling annoyed if you had to get up super early to accommodate a person, right? So really be okay with being strategic with that. 
and then invest in bringing on support. I'll, I'll plug, you know, simple practice here one more time, but you know, you utilizing the, the things that are out there in the world that are meant to make your life simpler, easier, and yeah, streamline it because you know, the hours in our day are so precious. And I can imagine that all of us would rather use the time that we use for admin work with something else that is more supportive, more connective, more intimate in our world. Love it. Love it. So uh, anybody out there listening who's interested, use uh, the custom URL that they have, uh, simplepractice.com slash Paul. Uh, once again, that's simplepractice.com slash Paul. Fiona, so great talking to you and uh, what, what an important topic. Thanks for having me and thanks for the chat.